Hello and welcome to the ICU Life and Recovery Podcast. My name is Mark and this podcast will hopefully um, cover what it's like to be in ICU and recover from it. And I'm hoping to have um, a range of of guests who will have uh, experience from various different points of view of ICU. Uh, both as a patient and survivor like myself, but also ICU professionals. So I'll tell you a bit about myself. My name is Mark and I spent three weeks in ICU, two and a half of which I spent in a medically induced coma. I had sepsis and I also suffered from a condition called ARDS. Uh, During my time in ICU, I experienced ICU delirium, uh, which is a pretty terrible uh, thing to experience, and we, we'll cover that in, in later podcasts. Um, my experience in ICU, so I'm just going to talk for a few minutes about uh, what it was like. So I was uh, taken into hospital on the 27th of December 2015. Um, but I don't remember that day. The last thing I remember was the 26th of December. I remember uh, my muscles being sore and having difficulty moving and we decided that I had to go and see the out-of-hours doctor. Uh, When we went to see the out-of-hours doctor he uh, said he could either admit me into hospital or we could try some anti-inflammatory drugs and see if that helped to ease my my joints and maybe that would give me some relief which would then help me to to recover. Uh, That is the last thing I remember from what I understand. I started to become paranoid, agitated during the night and had to be taken into my local emergency department on the 27th where I was seen by um, a a couple of doctors who decided that I was well enough to be placed onto a general medical ward. Uh, Fortunately for me, the nurse who was looking after me in the ED was not particularly happy with that decision as she felt that I was too sick for that and that I wouldn't um, be monitored close enough to see if I was deteriorating or if I was going to become uh, extremely unwell and need further care. So she spoke to the doctors and suggested that I should go to HDU, so high dependency, which is the level above a normal ward but below an ICU ward. And um, the doctor said, no, he's, he's well enough to be put onto a general ward. So she was still not... Um, happy with this so she came up with me when I was transferred to the general ward and uh, spoke to the colleagues in the high dependency unit who came and saw me and they took me immediately to the HDU unit. Now over the night um, I became more paranoid. My um, oxygen saturation and my blood dropped to the point that the ICU team needed to be called as it was clear I was not getting enough oxygen into my blood and needed to be put into a medically induced coma so that I could be ventilated and my 
breathing uh, controlled by a machine which would allow enough oxygen to get into my blood. So I was in a medically induced coma for two and a half weeks. But in those two and a half weeks, uh, I experienced being tortured and abused and assaulted. Uh, in my mind, the staff of the ICU were cutting me open, they were waterboarding me, uh, they were inserting probes into my arms to torture me. Uh, and all of this being done with the um, end goal of finding my family. Um, which I knew I, I couldn't let them do because if they were torturing me they would do worse to my family. Um, so in my mind when I woke up in the ICU I thought um, seven years had passed and that I had been tortured every single day for those seven years and as you might be able to imagine uh, if someone ha had been tortured for seven years they would have extreme psychological issues and uh, I was it was no different so in my uh, step down from from ICU I had a lot of um, uh, mood issues uh, which developed into into depression and I was I was very lucky in that the doctor who was looking after me um, noticed that my my mood was was plummeting off the edge of a cliff and uh, spoke to the mental health team and they were not um, particularly forthcoming and wanting to come see me uh, but uh, he insisted and and ensured that someone would come to see me and that that really helped him because I was in a very a very dark place and I was very fragile both physically and mentally at that point so without that intervention I don't know um what would have happened uh, but as I as I progressed in my recovery I managed to get out of hospital and you know months passed and yes I was still physically weak but you know I seemed to be getting back to to, to everything until um, you know I had returned to college I seemed to be doing everything sort of normal I seemed to be all right until Abby is called to go to my um, post ICU rehabilitation clinic and as soon as I walked through the doors for uh, to to get assessed for the clinic I had what I, I later found out to be a massive panic attack and in that moment I was back in that bed I was back with the tube in my throat I was back feeling like I was drowning and my body was saying you're in danger, you're going to die, we need to get out of here. Uh, thankfully, uh, my my brain sort of overrode my, my kind of body's feeling of we have to run from here. And I went, well, there's, there's something wrong here, but maybe this is normal. Maybe, you know, if I talk to, talk to the people, they might be able to help me. 
Um, so while the clinic was going on, I'd spoke to the psychologist and I was experiencing panic attacks. So they guided me to speak to my GP to get myself referred into the mental health team. This was in um, September. Uh, I think it was four, um, four months, maybe five months uh, before I was seen. It might even have been longer, I can't remember, but it was a, a fair length of time where I was experiencing almost daily panic attacks, maybe five or six times a day, really terrible uh, flashbacks and, and PTSD symptoms and just having it really quite hard. Um, but I was then seen by the psychiatric team and uh, had a treatment called eye movement desensitization and reprogramming and had several sessions leading up to it to try to find what what the trigger memory was in my in my case and uh, with one one treatment I was able to to get rid of these the the panic attacks and the flashbacks and that and to me it was it was it was as if a great weight had been taken off me but um that was that was just the the sort of start of it um i still i still suffer from anxiety issues and physically i'm still not back to normal but that's because of other medical issues um so that that that's just a very a very quick sort of covering of of my experience more about my experience in detail both in ICU and after ICU I'm sure will come out in my discussions with with other people in the podcasts going forward um I'm really uh, looking forward to continuing and doing this and I'm hoping to invite a lot of my friends to come on and share their experiences and their knowledge and hopefully just uh, enlighten people on what it's like and maybe try and help um, understand the experience and the effects things have as well as promoting things that might help uh, and things we've learned and also just help uh, other ICU survivors understand that they're not alone. The experiences that they're having uh, might seem unusual or weird or wacky but that you know we, we all have a sort of similar tale uh, and I really hope that if anybody who's been in ICU is listening to this that they can get some comfort from that and that if you know you you have any questions or or things you want to ask either me or any of my guests that I have hopefully going forward that you'll be able to ask them and then even if that guest isn't on in the next podcast I can ask them to record a response or bring them back on to answer the questions if that's uh, possible for them so that's me basically for this first podcast. Um, 
I hope it was at least a bit informative and I hope I was clear enough <laughs> in uh, what I see from the podcast going forward. But just to sort of sum it up again, I'm hoping to have uh, w- one guest per podcast where we will sit and we'll discuss a topic that is of interest to them and just chat about what we think about it uh, the effects it maybe had on them if it was a patient or maybe the effects it has on them as a member of staff uh, seeing an agitated patient can be quite uh, jarring or, uh, or even upsetting for them as well and just try and uh, share what we know things that we think work things that we know don't work and just try and help everyone kind of understand what it's like both as a patient as a member of staff and the sort of struggles that happen on both sides uh, trying to get the person back home because in the end the goal is not just to get them back home but to get them to some sort of level of normal life um, and try and limit the long-term effects of ICU on the person in the bed the patient um, so that's me for just now uh, I hope that you enjoyed listening my name is Mark I hope to see you for the next podcast uh, which I hope will be monthly but uh, don't hold me to that because there might be some issues in the initial phases but thank you for listening I hope you found it useful and if you have any questions, you can leave voice messages on this. You can uh, tweet me art mark, uh, at Mark Tom T H O M Hudson. So M A R K T H O M H U D S O N. If there's any questions, uh, I hope to see you next time, and I hope you enjoyed. Thank you. Um. So this first podcast I'm just kind of hoping to explain the format uh, and hopefully um, help you understand how I'm planning to use this going forward so I'm hoping that starting from the next podcast I'm going to have some guests on uh, I get a guest every podcast who's going to have a different point of view on the ICU experience so whether it be another ICU patient whether it be an ICU nurse or doctor or physio it doesn't matter just a different outlook on what it's like to be in ICU either working or visiting someone or being in the bed yourself so I spoke a little bit about just uh, Mark here from the future. Obviously this is recorded after the earlier part of this episode and I just uh, wanted to say thank you to everybody that's been showing so much uh, love to the the Twitter account and uh, greatly increasing the pressure on this to be good. Um, I just want, wanted to thank everybody and if anybody would be interested in a guest who 
hasn't already approached me or I have approached them if you contact me through the Twitter account at ICU, li uh, at ICU underscore life or uh, email me at icu.life.and.recovery at gmail.com Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And I'm just kind of blown away by all the support it's got even before I've released an episode which is mind-blowing and terrifying all at one one point because everyone has put high expectations on me of, of what I can produce and I just uh, hope going forward that it is as good as you expect and I hope it is as useful as you expect and yeah again I just really appreciate all the support and love that's been shown to me thank you very much it really means a lot thank you